Greetings, St. Clair family. Uh, We want to offer a brief word, uh, maybe a short reflection on uh, the coronavirus and what that means for us as a church community. Um, This is just a a short reflection, a a theological thought of sorts um, that will hopefully help us know a little bit better how to be responding as a community. Uh, If you didn't already see, we've sent out uh, a letter a few days ago, uh, helping just give some instructions of what life will be over the next week for us as a community, and then we're going to reevaluate uh, things and um, keep you in, well informed as we go. Um, th- what I would love to be able to offer right now is is certainly not uh, a commentary on all the world's events and everyone's opinions about it. Um, this is speaking specifically to us, St. Clair, as a church community. Um, it's worth noting that uh, us not meeting tomorrow at Ryerson um, or today uh, on Sunday, depending when you're listening to this, and next week does not mean that church is canceled because we are the church. We, uh, the community, the people of God, uh, St. Clair, we are the church. Um, we're just saying that our gathering together as a larger sort of corporate expression that's not happening as it usually would. Um, but it's important to note that we are the church. We are the people of God, not a building, not an event or time or a place, but but we, the people. Um, and we think it's really important that we be the church. Uh, and I think that uh, in this time, the world needs the church. Um, as a church, as St. Clair, together we're learning to live the life of Jesus. Long We long to be a family on mission together, to know the presence of God in our midst, to live into being a people who practiced generosity and hospitality, especially at a moment when scarcity and isolation seem to be ruling the day. Um, so, I mean, we at all don't at all want to just diminish what is going on. We actually think it's it's quite serious. Uh, none of us seem to have a reference point for this kind of thing. Um, and so we're learning this as we go. Um, where so much of our world you know, has become virtual, um, this is real in sort of a totally different way. Um, it's not something that we can see or touch the realities of this virus. Um uh, maybe for few of us actually, um, maybe have hit home quite yet. Um, but it's thinking and it's, um, worrying about what if it does hit home. Um, and so we want to, um, you really say, what does it have mean to have a, a perspective, a posture and, and really a plan to be salt and light in the world. Um, and as I thought about this and prayed about this for a community, the words of um, Paul in First Thessalonians um, at the end of the book came to mind. So I'm going to read that for us. This is First Thessalonians 5, um, 12 to 18. I'll read the couple of verses that lead up to Paul closing out um, his words in this letter. He says, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. 
Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but also strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. This is verse 16. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think that passage is, is maybe uh, the right word at the right time for us. Uh, and just really briefly, here, here's three things that I noticed. When we talk about what what's the kind of perspective we need, verse 16 is saying, rejoice always. Um, and that I may very obviously seem counterintuitive given our circumstance, but if you're familiar with the narrative of Scripture and God's words over and over again, um, these are actually quite familiar. And the the verse saying, rejoice always, uh, isn't circumstance dependent. There's a, there's a call to courage in the midst of this, um, to acknowledge and to weigh um, out the difficult things before us and know that, uh, that we are not toppled by them. God over and over again is calling his people to have courage, to have hope. Um, and we think that's a good word for us right now. It takes a kind of tenacious perseverance, a sort of resilient hope to not be overcome by all the what ifs of life. We must be wise And to be wise, I think, is to have a maturity to see what is right in front of us in the right now and what is to come and to hold the now and not yet intention. Uh, It takes courage um, to see beyond uh, sort of the the scariness of of what would be right in front of us and um, to know that we have a hope much bigger than than what we can see. Um, I think it also takes courage to be sacrificial in a time like this. And that would be for each of us to decide what being sacrificial looks like. Um, But having the freedom and the liberty to rejoice and to give thanks um, seems to be a very important perspective to keep. Um, and when you think about perspective, um, C.S. Lewis writes this really well. He he uh, offered this at, at the time of World War II, um, where fear, uh, as we know, would have been quite real. He says, if we're all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things, praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint and a game of darts, not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about bombs. They may break our bodies, but they need not dominate our minds. This this is not prescriptive, especially given uh, our exact circumstance, but it is describing something really important. And there there is a courage and there's a hopefulness uh, to see beyond sort of the, the threat um, that would be in front of us right now. Uh, verse 18 captures this sense of gratitude, give thanks in all circumstances. And I think that's the posture that we want to have is this ability um, to have gratitude and to be able to give thanks. Um, 
Perhaps you were one of many people who had to wait in a long lineup at a grocery store or at some kind of place trying to get what you need. Uh, and it's uh, an odd and unique thing that um, perhaps that experience for you um, gives you just a little bit of a better sense of what waiting in line would be like for a refugee um, who is waiting on the bare essentials of food or perhaps shelter. Um, maybe in some of our cases, we're not actually in line for the bare essentials. We're, we're just in line to ensure our own comfort that we, uh, that we would have more than enough, enough, not just enough. And so having an attitude of being thankful for what we have and, and just guarding against, um, uh, a fear that would create um, a bitterness or an overwhelming worry that um, you know that we're never going to have enough. Um, we want to live with a hopefulness that God is abundant in all things and not succumb to a scarcity that um, that we'll never have enough. And so, a posture of gratitude seems really important in this time. Uh, and then verse 17 to think, well, what is, what do we do? What, what's a, what's a helpful response? What's an action? What's a, a plan? Um, and verse 17 says just super simply pray continually. Uh, and this is what we're committed to as a community. Um, it, it kind of defines who we are. It's, it's a really essential practice for us, but as you know, during the season of Lent, we've, um, really tried to lean into that in new ways, um, to learn where it is to pray together. Um, praying as a response to this um, engages us in the heart of God to know that we are loved and that we have a love to give. Um, the The choice um, to pray uh, gives us firm ground to stand on, um, to know that we are secure being with God, and it actually gives us then a strength to be able to offer to others. Uh, Mother Teresa said this uh, really well. She's taking the Lord's Prayer. She says, Give them through our hands their daily bread. And we think when we meet with God and, and we, we engage with God in prayer, our heart is shaped by God and we begin to have compassion as God has compassion. For us, we have compassion for one another. And praying uh, is um, is a movement that pushes us towards action. And so we think as we engage in prayer, that's actually going to help give us eyes to see places and people, opportunities, ways in which we can uniquely and creatively serve in a time like this. Um, and let me uh, finish with this thought. We've actually shared this before uh, during the Lenten season, but um, this is a reflection that comes from Ronald Rollheiser. So we think about Lent. He's speaking specifically to the choice of giving up food as an act of fasting. Um, but as I looked again at his words, you know, they seemed relevant, not only for uh, facing sort of a chaos and turmoil and difficulty within us, but um, the Lent season giving us a way, this anchoring point of facing the chaos in the world and a hopefulness of Easter and of resurrection. So let me read this for you and you, you can... Um, 
uh, apply it in a helpful way. It says, Lent invites us to stop eating whatever protects us from having to face the desert that is inside of us. It invites us to feel our smallness, to feel our vulnerability, to feel our fears, and to open ourselves up to the chaos of the desert so that we can finally give the angels a chance to feed us. That's the Christian idea ideal of Lent, to face one's chaos. And so I, we, we face a unique chaos in the world where we feel our smallness, we feel our vulnerability, we feel our fears, and we think this is an opportunity through prayer, through gratitude, through courage to open ourselves up to meet and encounter God in new ways and that we could make... Um, the hope of Jesus known in this world, that we would be a non-anxious presence in this world. Okay, St. Clair, um, uh, go in peace. Um, there'll be more instruction and, and sort of more indication in the days ahead of ways in, that we can be praying together as a community. Um, and so we encourage you to keep loving each other well as we learn to be a family on mission.